0: wonderful presence of the lord that's here my name is akil thompson i'm the pastor here at extraordinary church we believe we are the perfect church for imperfect people and so we're so glad that you're here because i'm interested in people feeling safe where they can be authentic transparent vulnerable and watch god transform their lives religion isn't doing that but a relationship a life-giving life transforming relationship with jesus christ will so we're so thankful that you i'm going to ask that you remain standing for just a brief moment i want to take a moment and honor we we try to do this all of our dream team leaders boards of directors our pastoral staff we've got a great team of leaders i'm thankful for that praise god And I like to shout them out when they have birthdays and stuff like that. And so birthdays and anniversaries and all that kind of stuff. And so Keshra and Tafiq, where did, oh, there she is. Come on, Tiff. Both y'all got, Keshra had a birthday. Tafiq is having a birthday coming up. And so we're so grateful for them. Praise God, let me get it right. When things go well and smoothly, Tiff can take a lot of the credit, praise God. When they don't, I'll take the blame. Thank you, Jesus. No, you're doing a great job. And if you don't know, Keshra is responsible for a lot of the creativity that you see here at EC. She won't take the credit, but I'm going to give it to her. Praise God. And so we appreciate your girl. Also, the Raganondans, come on up here, Alvin and Shami. Alvin's one of our board members and the founding member of what is now known as Extraordinary Church. They just got finished celebrating 30 years of marriage. And he's still smiling. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. 30 years. We love you all. Appreciate y'all. Great couple. Love you, girl. Appreciate you. Amen. 30 years of marriage. Wow. Sarah and they got us by a few. You know, we'll be married 23 years coming up. So we got a little ways to go before we get to 30. Anybody else in here been married more than 30 years? You said that kind of sheepishly. I mean, you sure? You're not sure? Okay. I mean, (laughs) praise. she was like... Did you see that? I know. I mean, she was like, oh, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Amazing. How many years? 31. Praise God. Y'all look too young to be married 31 years. Praise God. God is good. God is good. Okay. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles. Um, open up those Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. I want to read a number of verses in your hearing, so stick with me if you will. If you don't have a Bible or a Bible app, you should download the Bible app. It'll be a great blessing to you. You can refer to that. If not, uh, just turn your attention to the screen here and we'll do that. Stephen said it earlier, but there are a number of ways in which you can get connected. The app is a great way, our website, the bulletin, email, if you name it, we're doing it, social media. So, so many ways for you to stay connected and informed of what God is doing. I didn't say it, but I'm going to say it now. I believe we're the fastest-growing church in Canada reaching the world, and I give God praise for the work that he's doing, and we're going to talk more about that. Even, I'm thankful for the turnout, even with the snow. Praise God. And we hope to figure out this technology thing, um, and we'll hope to uh, maybe get a video presentation of what took place today to those who weren't able to make it. Uh, Exodus 14 and 10. When Pharaoh drew near... The people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to stand firm uh, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. Many of you all are familiar with the translation that says, stand still. Uh, For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have to only be silent. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I've gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Uh, scoot down to verse 26. I want to preach this message to you in this same vein. Still stuck or moving forward? So help me pray. Father, we love you. We're thankful for your presence. I just pray for an anointing to rest upon me, a supernatural empowerment to teach and to preach your word, God. I pray that an anointing would rest upon the hearer. I release the gift of faith. Do whatever you want to do in this place, God, for the glory belongs to you and to you alone. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You know, I mentioned this on Wednesday. We just put out a couple of different invitation cards. These are great ways to get people connected and invite people to be a part of Extraordinary Church. So don't leave these in the seat. Uh, Grab one or two. And if you want more, we have several out there at Guest Central. Uh, The book of Exodus is more than just a book of history. It's really a testimony of how the Old Testament slaves became Old Testament kings and priests of God. How God took people that were in slavery, brought them out, and set them free with his mighty hand. Praise God. And I want to tell you that whether you recognize it or not, we all have one thing in common. All of us have one thing in common. We were all slaves to sin. Every single one of us, the Bible tells us we are born into sin. We were shaped by iniquity. Every single one of us living under the dominion of bondage and sin, that is all of us. Yet Jesus came and provided great freedom, our freedom maker, our emancipator, by the shedding of his blood on Calvary. He told the devil, you will not steal what I have purpose to do in their lives. I'll give them my righteousness. I'll forgive their sins, and I'll break the chains of bondage and set them free. So when you and I, when, when we read the book of Exodus, it's not just history, meaning to inspire and encourage our faith as we read it, but it's a prophetic testimony that God will never allow the spirit of Pharaoh to keep his grip on what belongs to God. Pharaoh had to let God's people go. Praise God. How many of you know because whom the son has set free is free Indeed. And when Jesus came to set us free, I'm thankful. He didn't just set us partly free or partially free. He came and pulled me out of religion. He pulled me out of brokenness. He snapped every yoke. He obliterated the things that bound me. He brought me all the way out. Brought me out of bondage. Brought me out of sin. Brought me out of death. Jesus brought me all the way out. Praise God. And living for Jesus is the best life. Living for Jesus is the best life. This is the only life for me. This is freedom. This is hope. This is extraordinary. If it weren't, honey, I wouldn't be here. But living for Jesus is the best thing coming and going. I want my kids to know about this life. I want my grandkids to know about this life. I want my great-grandkids to know about this. I love it so much, I want perfect strangers to know about this life. Is anybody thankful? Thankful that you've been brought out of darkness, all the way out of darkness by the grace of God. The story of the exodus, the the departure of Egypt into the promised land. Uh, We could rehearse the ten plagues. I'm not going to preach those today, but suffice it to say that when the enemy keeps his hands on what belongs to God, God reserves the right to release righteous judgment Upon his enemy, because when you mess with God's children, you're messing with the Heavenly Father. And anytime the devil puts his hands on what belongs to God, God takes matters into his own hands. Praise God. And that's why this battle is not any occasions. God says to the people of God, This battle is not yours. Now, there are some battles. That are ours. So, yeah, thank you. Some battles are ours because as many of you know, we get ourselves into messes. We never, in, God never intended for us to fight. Matter of, matter of fact, God was reminding me earlier this week, as passionate and excited as we can be, there are some battles that you and I are not called to fight. And if you get on a battlefield that you are not anointed and have the grace to fight, then you'll try to do it in your own strength. And when you try to do it in your own strength, you know what the result will be. But there are many times in the Word of God, if you just, you read it, where the people of God were just obeying God and trusting God. And the enemy picked to fight with them. It was in those times that God rises up and tells Moses, and he tells the children of Israel, this battle is not yours. There are many places in Scripture where the people of God obeyed God. They're, they're walking with God, and the enemy, he just shows up. And whenever the enemy shows up in our hunger, in our pursuit of God, God always, he always says to you and I, just, just relax. Chill. This battle is not yours. This battle belongs to me. And I just felt like I needed to encourage someone today to let you know, if you're fighting something right now, you need to understand, you need to let God fight your battles. Don't fight with people. People, flesh and blood, they are not the real enemy. The real enemy not, is not people. The real enemy is spiritual wickedness in high places. The real enemy is principalities. And if you and I will stay on the right battlefield. still in the right battlefield. That's why the Bible says our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold. The enemy will put his hands on what belonged to God. And that's when God sends his righteous judgment upon Egypt. Ten plagues later, the last plague being the firstborn of Egypt all die. Many of you, you know the story. Many of you know it. Some of you might not. Forgive me for not unpacking all of it, but the Bible finally says that Pharaoh comes to Moses and he's like, look, bro, y'all got to go. You got to go. I'm, I'm releasing the people. So Moses takes the people of God and they head to the promised land when they leave Egypt. And I want you to just kind of get your mind around this. When they leave Egypt, they're on their way to the promised land. And they come In their journey to a place that looks like a dead end. I don't know about you, but have you ever come to a place in your life that looked like, felt like, sounded like a dead end? Things don't work out as you planned. Sickness comes and trouble appears on the horizon. Tragedy strikes. The investment doesn't work out like you thought it would. People disappoint you. Friends turn on you. The company falters. The career path becomes a dead end. The marriage melts. The in-laws are now outlaws. You get the picture. Adversity is a part and a parcel of every human being's life. But what do you do when you have an unfulfilled purpose and a future that has not yet been written and a destiny that you have not yet laid hold of and you're standing at a dead end? You're standing at the stop sign, the Red Sea, and you're looking back, and the enemy is coming after you, and you say, wait a minute, God, this is not what we talked about. I don't understand all of these prophetic words spoken over my life, yet they're not fulfilled. What do you mean in light of that fact that I'm at a dead end? It looks like there's no hope for me. The Red, the red Sea is right here. It's over. What if I told you the Red Sea is not a dead end? But a setup. The Red Sea is not a did-him. The thing that you think is there to take you out is actually a setup against your enemies. <laughs> Instead of God leading you into destruction, He's baiting your enemy into defeat. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. So, God, He, he gets the people of Israel to go down to the Red Sea, and the people of God start. Flapping their gums. You got you, you, you to be careful, fam, what comes out of your mouth. You got to be careful with your mouth because you, you, you have to watch what comes out of your mouth. Hear me. See, our response to adversity is crucial. And when you begin to, you, you ever notice people that murmur and complain? They fall into the trap of self-pity. <laughs> Do not fall into the trap of self-pity. Reminds me, they, they tell me this story is true. A woman was giving birth in a, uh, to a baby in an elevator, and when she complained about the location, the nurse, she was like, the nurse was like, oh, my gosh, it could be worse. She said, I remember a couple of years ago uh, that somebody gave birth outside on their front yard. And the woman was like, I know, that was me. <laughs> that might be how you feel. Nothing seems to work out. If it weren't for bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. That's how the psalmist felt in the 42nd Psalm. He told the Lord, all thy waves and thy billows have gone over me. I've experienced an ocean of sorrows. Every problem imaginable. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Or like Zora Houston, she said, and I quote, I've been in sorrow's kitchen and I've licked all the pots. Two English words in our Bible originate from the same Hebrew word. Catch this. Confession and gratitude. Begin to see, the healing of self-pity is simply this. Begin to confess the good things God has done for you. <laughs> what am I trying to tell you? Don't live in the past. Praise God. When you dwell on your past hurts, when you dwell on failures, when you dwell on problems, it infects your spirit. Trouble, hear me. Trouble will never leave you where it found you. Trouble will leave you bitter. It will not leave you better. Disappointments should be buried, not embalmed. Don't prize your adversity, don't revel in your difficulties. Watch your mouth, watch your mouth. We got to watch it because we're not, if we're not careful, people are saying stuff that's not even in the book. There are a lot of people talking right now that ought to talking to one another. They ought to be talking to God. I want to tell you, you got to watch out for that murmuring spirit. It's the only thing that will hinder you and me from getting into our promised land. The devil can never be big enough. He can never be bad enough or strong enough to steal the purpose of God out of your life. If you and I don't fulfill our purpose, it's only because we have disqualified ourselves from our destinies. How dare us blame the devil for keeping us out of our promised land? When the Bible says Jesus made an open spectacle of him when he hung on the cross and rose from the dead, the enemy will not just be defeated. He has already been defeated. Satan is under your feet. And the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. So here they are at the Red Sea, and they're looking at this massive stop sign, and they're afraid that they're about to die. They begin to murmur. They begin to complain. They begin to just gripe and moan. And they said to Moses, bro, you brought us out here to die, fam. You could have just left us in Egypt. And this is how they feel. Uh, You know, and and we can be honest. This is why we say no perfect people allowed. I I don't want you to come to fake the funk. There have been times when I've thought to myself, I know you can be religious if you want to. You can be too sanctified. You came out of the womb speaking in tongues. God bless you. But for me, I have gone through a season or two where I've thought to myself, God, what are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, I've been through some seasons where i walked through some stuff. Not that I doubted him, but I wondered Is it my time? Are you trying to kill me? Because you you, could have just left me in Egypt. But how many know that God is too good, too kind, too merciful to let you die prematurely in the middle? What I'm trying to encourage you, EC fam, there has to be a shift. We in the church have got to shift our perspective and understand the moment that we are in. We did not come to this moment in history because God is through with us. (laughs) You got to hear what I'm saying. I don't care what happens next in the next several weeks, months, days. Makes no difference the political situation, the economical situation. My hope has never been tied to one man, or let me put it to you like this. If it's been tied to one man, it's not one politician. It's the man from Galilee who has nail prints in his hands and nail prints in his feet. It was never going to happen. Hear me, revival and an outpouring of God's spirit was never going to happen because we have one prime minister in office or we have another prime minister in office. It's going to happen because of what God set in motion and what God set in motion. No man or woman can stop. I'm here to declare that the outpouring of God's spirit will shake everything that can be shaken. He did not bring us this far to leave us. He did not bring us this far to die. He brought us this far to lead us forward. And my question to us today is, are we still stuck or are we moving forward? I'm telling you, there's no principality, there's no man, there's no woman, there's no prime minister, there's no elected official that can withstand the mighty power of our king. He is on the throne last time I checked. He rules and reigns, and I got a feeling everything is going to be all right. This dead end is not going to result in your death. This is a setup, praise God. God's not tempting Israel, y'all. He's not leading them into their destruction. He's actually baiting Egypt into their defeat. (laughs) What if, think about this, what if the weapon formed against you is really going to be used against your enemy? (laughs) I could run all over this place, praise God. Not only is the weapon not going to prosper, it's going to be used against the people who tried to use it against you. This is the thing. That's, this is why we have to keep this in mind. This is the one thing I know that's so true because of Calvary. When you look at Calvary, you can look at Calvary, and if you don't have spiritual eyes, you'll look at Calvary, and you'll think utter defeat. You'll look at Calvary and think absolute destruction. You'll look at Calvary and even come to a conclusion of murder. But if you understand how God works, Calvary is not the end. Calvary is just the beginning. What looked like a dead situation, Jesus became my life source of strength. I'm telling you that's precisely why the apostle Paul said that if the kings of this world had known what they were doing, they would have killed Jesus, they would have never put him on that cross. Because every time he took a stripe, cancer got healed. Every time he took a stripe, diabetes got healed. Every time he took a stripe, the pain of racism was healed. Every time he took a stripe, the pain of abuse was healed. Every time he took a stripe, depression and oppression were healed. Praise God, I've come to preach to him. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. This is not a dead end. This is not a dead end. I've come to stir somebody up to tell you it's not over. God is just getting ready to do something. If you could just have the ship in the spirit, what you think is out to destroy you, what you think is out to crucify you, is actually your portal into the supernatural. It's going to open up doors you've not yet seen. It's going to open up things in your life that you've not yet heard about. You are no longer going to be stuck. What am I telling you? It ain't over. It's time to move Forward. Forward, forward. God's baiting the enemy. He's baiting the enemy into defeat. He's, he's, he's setting them up. So they come down here. I got to hurry. I only got a few more. They come down here. I got to hurry too because I looked at the message last week. I preached an hour. I said, my God, help me, Jesus. They got to hurry. So they get down to the Red Sea and the Bible said they turn around, and they looked, and they're like, oh, snap. Pharaoh's army is coming after him. And they look at Moses. Look at this in the New Living Translation. Exodus 14 and 12. Watch this. Say, Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still in Egypt? See, this is why you got to watch your mouth. Look at your neighbor and say, watch your mouth. Oh, my God. It's, it's amazing. Hear me. It's amazing. They're standing on the verge of one of the great are miracles, period. And they are declaring it's their end and ruin. <laughs> Why? They had said, they had complained and murmured so much. Here they are. They've got it in their mind that the God that just brought ten plagues, pulled them out of Egypt, would bring them to this place so they could die. Maybe this is just blessing me. We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Wait a second. And now you all understand if you don't, sin is a or Egypt is a type of sin. Uh, This taskmaster is unrelenting. It's it's, it's brutal. I mean, sin will always make you pay a price you're not prepared to pay. And in this case, they're taking stripes on their backs. Their loved ones are being separated. Futures and hopes are being extinguished. And they're saying, let us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt, God have mercy, than a corpse in the wilderness. Now, This is crazy. Check this out. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, I told my wife today I was so excited. I was like, man, baby, I've seen something I've never seen before. Go back to verse 13. Now, see, we preach this. I think I might have preached this. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Stand still. I mean, we, if I had an organ, I'm not a hooper, but man, it'd be nice. I could practice some hooping. I mean, I could practice a little bit, but we'll preach that stand still. Don't do anything. But here's the problem with standing still. God never told them to stand still. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. God never told them to stand still. Moses told them to stand still, but God never told them to stand still. Watch this. Look at verse 15. So the Lord speaks to Moses. Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. (laughs) My God. (laughs) I'm telling you, now is not the time to... Stand still. You need to get out of that rut. You need to get up out of, not figuratively speaking, you need to get up out of your seat. I'm telling you, why did he want you to start moving? Because your future is not tied to you standing still. Your future is connected to you moving forward. Oh my God, I'm ready to shout in this place. I don't know where you're getting. Oh, hear me! I don't know where you're getting your cue from, but the kingdom does not get their cue or its cue from the world. The culture ought to be getting its cue from the kingdom, and there are too many people who are looking at CBC, and CTV and various websites, and because there's all this foolish, foolishness around, everybody wants to stand still. But I came to tell you, the devil is a liar and I've come to rebuke every devil from the pit of hell. I don't get my cue from a reporter. I don't get my cue from CTV. I don't take my cue from a politician. I got my cue in a prayer closet. And I've heard the Lord say, my people, it's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. Leave it behind. Well, I'm just a little nervous. I don't like to move so quickly. I'm just trying to get my stuff together. I've been through so much. Let me just rest a little bit. I'm going to step back and I'm just going to see what happens. People who stop to see what happens will be responsible for nothing happening. Well, I'm just going to check and wait it out. I'm just going to see what comes of all of this. You know, I'm just going to deal with that, and I'm just going to do the best I can. I'm just going to survive. I don't know about you, but I'm done with surviving. I've come to thrive. i am come to tell you what the Bible tells me. We shall declare a thing, and it shall be established. I've come to declare that we will have an apostolic move of God. We will plant 36 campuses. We will see young and old people come to experience a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We will have schools. We will have resources. We will have rehab centers. We will watch God do a miracle. Now is not the time for us to be stuck. Now is the time to say, God, I'm leaning in. This is not my denim. This is to kill my enemy so that I can fulfill your purpose. Praise God. Somebody give him praise. I'm, 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 I'm done. Check things out. See what comes of all of this. I'm, I'm, I'm done. You can do that. I'm not. I've come, not in my own authority, but as an ambassador of the kingdom to declare a thing and watch it come to pass. We don't react to the world around us, we're the church. We're the called out ones. We're the ones that have kingdom authority. To declare the revealed Word of God and embrace truth. To apply the prophetic revelation and instruction of God on our lives. We don't take orders from the world. I don't know about you, but let me just help you. You can't take orders from the world and walk in kingdom blessing. Help me, Lord. I don't want to get in this too deeply, but the moment we're living in reveals how far away some people sitting in the church are from the kingdom of God. I ain't waiting. I'm not waiting for this thing to clear up. I'm done. You know why, Pastor? Because I'm going to clear it up. You can, I'm not, That's not arrogance and that's not pride. I'm talking about we are ambassadors of the kingdom. Who else is going to clean it up? The politicians? Are you serious? Have you seen things lately? Do you want them to clean it up? There's only one group of people on the planet with the heart, the Savior, and the Word, and the anointing to clean things up, and that's the people of God. This is why we're here to occupy until He comes. So, God brings them to the Red Sea. Elvis, here they are. They look back, they see Pharaoh, and they're like, We should have died in Egypt. Moses says, stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. And the Lord says to Moses, don't stand still. Move forward because your future is not connected to a pause. Your future is connected to progress. That's why you got to put, you might not be where you want to be, but you ought to be thankful you're not where you used to be. You might not be 10 steps down the road, but you can be one step down the road. You might not be there tomorrow, but your tomorrow will look a lot like today. So I understand that, and I'm going to exercise my faith and put one foot in front of the other. you got to keep things moving forward. And you can hear God telling Moses this. And Moses thinks to himself, wait a second, forward? There's a body of water right there. It's not like you can go around this thing. There's only one way forward. What do I do about the water, God? God said, that's all right. Don't worry about the water because I put something in your hand. (sighs) Oh, God, if you would just use what you have. (laughs) If you would just use what God has already given you, I'm telling you the miracle is in the house. We're looking we look to another. You don't have to look to another. Simply exercise what you have. My God, I can preach this thing and run around this place. You need to exercise. Stretch forth your hand and watch God do a miracle in your life. We have the resources. We have the ability. God's hand is on our lives. Stretch forth your hand watch God do it somebody give him praise come on I feel something happening in the Holy Ghost right now I feel like the Holy Ghost is trying to stir us up we need to tap in some of you been stuck too long you've been stuck with the mentality wanting things to work out and being back in Egypt but God is telling you you're not stuck that there is to get your enemy under your feet so that you can walk forward in victory We're on the precipice of our greatest miracle. Our better days aren't behind us. Our best days are ahead of us. I believe that and declare that. I'm telling you, I prayed it. I prophesied. I speak it. There'll be a day where they're parked all the way down the street. Down here in Ontario, can't get in the building, but we'll walk by, lay hands on them, watch the sick recover, and God will get the glory. So, That's what I want to see God do. He wants to use you. Now, I want to submit to you that God could have done this without even engaging Moses. Still, God chose to work through the extended, obedient hand of Moses to speak to a disobedient, disbelieving people see God had anointed Moses to take the people of God where he was sending them <laughs> thank you Jesus some people say why couldn't God do it without Moses because God wanted people to see that Moses had the grace to lead on his life hear me you better be careful who you listen to and who you follow Let me just play pastor for a moment. You better be careful who you listen to. COVID is a great revealer. COVID has messed some of us up because now we got not one pastor, we got 15. You got the pastor that you watch on YouTube. You got your Monday morning pastor, and you got your Tuesday pastor, and then you got these people. You better be careful who you let speak into your life. Hear me right now. Let me just clear up some things for you. God is not the author of confusion. I'm not telling you that, man or woman. I'm not out to vilify them. But you better eat where God has called you. You better bloom where God has planted you. I know you might think, what are you saying? What I'm telling you is God brought you here. You're not here by happenstance. You're here by divine assignment. God has called you to help us reach this world and help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in him. Trust him and watch God do the work. Am I telling you, you can't listen to other preachers? Absolutely not. But am I telling you, it's like a restaurant, Elvis. Our budget, well, if we had the ship down, praise God. You know, y'all, mama can cook, praise God. So she, (laughs) praise God. You know, that's our, that's our mainstay. We don't go out to eat all the time. We bust our budget wide open. That's, that's not how this works. You got you to gotta come home and, and cook a meal. And I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you think, well, I've already heard that, done that. Well, good. Let me tell you what you do. You go to the kitchen. That's the word of God. You, you, you open up that word. You get you some tools. So you, you get you some eggs and some milk and some cheese and some pasta and a little ground beef, and you get a little seasoning, and, and you put it all together, praise God, and you can make a, a mean Italian dish. You can do the same with the Word of God. You, you get your concordance, and you get your lexicon, and you get you some resources, all free and available on the web, and you can begin to dive deeper into the Word to get what you need to strengthen you, to get you a little bit more. But here, we're casting a wide net on a Sunday. This is why we also encourage you to be a part of Midweek Bible Connection every Wednesday, because we're unpacking the Word to help you live out your faith in an insanely practical way so that you won't be stuck, but you'll be able to move forward. I got to hurry. Come on, musicians. We're going to wrap this thing up. So God takes, he tells Moses, stretch out your rod. Stretches it out right over the sea. And they walk over on dry ground. They get across on the other side. And the Bible says that Pharaoh, his chariots, his soldiers, they got into it and they're going driving through the Red Sea. And all of a sudden, what was dry for Moses and Israel becomes muddy for Pharaoh and his army. And the morning, it's a new day. <laughs> The walls of that water that stood heaped up on one another while Israel walked through comes crashing down while Egypt is walking through. This is why Paul likens, again, you know, the Old Testament is really kind of a foretelling of the New Testament in a lot of ways. That's why Paul likens walking through the Red Sea to baptism this is why baptism is important. Let me just, I don't think I've ever said this in this setting, but it's, the scripture is emphatically clear. Like, baptism is not optional. I don't, I don't I'm not saying that to, I'm not, I'm not here to impel you or to, to force you. I can't force you. But baptism is, is not optional. The Bible is emphatically clear. It says you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And so when we are born of the water, when you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are taking on the name of Jesus. So the one, and you're, you're being buried, and it's just like that sin, Egypt. Egypt is being washed, buried. It's just kind of like, you know what, when you're, if you've ever been baptized, nobody goes under the water breathing. You can't. You can't. Even when you're holding your breath, it's symbolic of the old man dying. And you're being raised to the newness. Paul tells us in the book of Romans, you're being raised to the newness of life. Every sin you would have ever committed will be washed away. And just like they turned and looked, and he told them they would never see the Egyptians again. Every sin gone. As far as the east is from the west. Praise God. Praise God. Is anybody thankful for baptism in Jesus' name? You might be thinking, why is that important? Why is it important that they look back and saw, you know, that their enemy was gone? Because I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you right now. Don't you ever, ever for one moment let anybody tell you there are some things that God cannot get rid of for the rest of your life. Some people will tell you, oh, you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to deal with that demon. You're going to have to deal with that bad addiction. You're going to have no, 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 no. That, that is not what the Bible teaches. You can have victory, the kind of thorough, deep, authentic, real purging victory that sets you and your house free and any future uh, contamination or attacks. That's why Moses said, you better get a look at Pharaoh now and all of his generals and all of his chariots because the enemy you see now, you will never see again. What am I telling you? I'm not preaching annihilation, but I'm telling you, you're going to come into a realm of victory so real that even the devil doesn't want to mess or get around close to your family again. Because when Jesus makes you free, you are free indeed. The Bible says that when the enemy, he, he took Jesus into the wilderness and he tried to get him to fall all these ways, none of the temptations worked. The devil said, well, we better pack our bags. We better get away and get away from him. We'll come back another season. And the next time they came back, it was still the same reality. He's still God in the flesh. He's still got the victory. And every time the devil tried to stop him, nothing worked. My God, I could preach Paul all day long. I'm telling you right now, God wants to do a work in your life, and if you'll let him do it, the enemy cannot stop it. I'm not telling you you're going to be perfect. I'm not telling you you're not going to make mistakes. But what I'm telling you is a just man will fall down seven times, but you get back up, you wipe the sweat off your brow, you lift up your hands and declare, I'm not going to be stuck. I'm moving. Why don't we stand? Miriam, she, she broke out her tambourine. She began to sing. <laughs> because what looked like death, Bishop, was really Egypt's defeat. What looked like Israel's death was really is Egypt's defeat. And in this season we're in right now, it's not time to pause. It's time to move forward. Praise God! I feel like the Holy Ghost is. I want to do something I don't normally do this, but I was. T- I think I was telling Savagery. I'm gonna be more aggressive. I'm be more aggressive. Praise God. Uh, aggressive in a spirit-led way. I don't need anybody operating out of aggressive, uh, aggression. I want the Spirit of God to produce work. But I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can be a bit timid. And some of you could be stuck and you're like, well, I don't know the next step to take. We want to help you. I want to help you. I'm going to give you something very practical that you can do right now. You don't have to do it literally right now, but you can do it. You can go to our app. If you open up our app, you'll see something called Life Studies. If you feel stuck in your walk with God, you can go to our website, click Next Steps, you'll see it. If you feel stuck in your walk with God, now let me help you. Uh, we have some people, some very competent, committed people who love the Word of God, who will help teach you the Word of God. But here's the important thing. It's, it's not just from Sunday to Sunday, it's really from Sunday to every day. Now, I'm not checking you, I'm not checking you, but I just want you to hear me. This is not for us to spoon-feed you. Say, oh, come on, Andy, you can eat it. You can eat it. No, what we're to do is come alongside you and help you live out your faith and experience all that God has for you. What am I telling you? This life study that we're proposing is not for me to study the Bible for you. It's for me to show you how the Word of God applies to your life. And for you to take it and say, you know what, I'm going to run with this thing. I'm going to live this out to the best of my ability and watch God do something supernatural in my life. Praise God. If you, if, if you, if you feel stuck that way, I want to encourage you, before you leave today, open up the app. Click Life Studies. Take 10 seconds. Fill out that form. We'll follow up with you. Whether you're a child, teenager, young adult, adult, we will teach you the Word of God. And we'll get with you and help you live this out. Now, here's the next thing I want to do. I'm going to ask, praise God. I'm going to ask Pastor Barry to come. Nadine, come on. Praise God. Thank you. Elvis, come on. Sav, come on. Abigail, come on up here. Praise God. Patricia, come on up here. I'm putting you on the spot. Thank you, Jesus. Stephen, come on, my man. You can bring them. Praise God. You need to learn how to pray with people anyway. Thank you, Jesus. You said, no. That boy, come on, Jaden. You want to come? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You can stand right here. I'll get in the back. Y'all can just come across the middle. Praise God. Come on. Praise God. Thank you. You know what? There's some of you right now that are stuck and you're tired of being stuck you want to know can god pull you through i'm telling you he can do it just like he delivered the children of israel and led them through the red sea it's that simple i don't believe anybody here today is here by accident you're not here by luck the hand of god has drawn you today to extend hope to extend transformation We're going to sing, and we're going to begin to worship. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Praise God. Right now, I believe the Spirit of God is dealing with people, and you all are honoring this space by keeping your head bowed and your eye closed. This team of people that are up here at the front, they're willing to pray with you, love you, encourage you, walk you through. You might be thinking about the next step. You might feel stuck, stuck in some way. You're like, man. Feel like my past is haunting me, or perhaps I've never been baptized, or perhaps you have, but you were baptized, uh, as Scripture tells us, is in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you want to receive the Holy Ghost, which is the gift that every believer should experience. If that's you, if that's you, we're, we're going to all come to the front in a moment, but if you want to take that next step, I want you to come right now. Would you come? Our team will pray with you praise God Nobody is here to throw any shade to judge you praise God we're going to watch God do it that's beautiful that's beautiful praise God we've got a, a few people coming praise God you can link up with some of our prayer people praise God that's beautiful that's beautiful God's gonna do it in Jesus name thank you Lord come on that's wonderful praise God praise God thank you Jesus come on praise God now in just a moment in just a moment I want you all to know what you just did right now is a step from being unstuck, a step of faith that God has graced you to take. And in just a few moments, God's going to wash you, cleanse you, fill you with His spirit or refill you. Here that you're praying with, we'll baptize you today in Jesus' name. Now for everybody else, as a church family, you know what I think is important? As we get ready to pray as a family. I want you all to come, because I feel like it's Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.